Hi, I'm Jeff Lee, the host of the Building Forward podcast. I'll be speaking with the building industry's most thoughtful leaders on the technologies and business models transforming productivity in the built environment. In other words, data, analysis, and big ideas with a hard hat to help your construction business evolve and thrive. Thanks for stopping by. Let us know what you think and what keeps you up at night. The Building Forward podcast is produced in partnership with Geldwin Windows and Doors. Visit Geldwin's professional portal at professionals.geldwin.com for assistance with your 2019 projects. You'll find product comparison tools, how-to videos, and case studies, plus information on Geldwin's extensive selection of windows, patio doors, entry, and interior doors. That's professionals.geldwin.com. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Steve Glenn, CEO of Plant Prefab in Rialto, California. Steve and I caught up while at the International Builder Show. We talked about the state of design, modular housing, and why big name investors like Amazon see so much potential in home building and smart home technologies. Here's our conversation. Hi, I'm Jeff Lee with Building Forward, and I'm here today with Steve Glenn, CEO of Plant Prefab. Thanks so much for taking the time for us. Absolutely, pleasure. Can you start off by introducing yourself and your role at Plant Prefab? Sure, yeah. So at Plant, we're trying to make it really easy and efficient to build custom single and multifamily, high quality, sustainable homes. We focused on the urban market. The urban market is a, is a custom market. You have odd sized lots, unique zoning requirements, different opportunities for entries, for views. And as a result, whether you're for a city working on a 40 story apartment building in Hollywood or downtown LA, or an individual doing a teardown in Burlingame or a a small developer doing a quad or five units in Venice, you're hiring an architect and you're working with them on a specific design for that lot. It's a custom market, as I said. There, there really aren't iPhone solutions. Currently, if you're a large developer like Forest City working on a large project, you're working with national and sometimes international general contractors, people like Webcore and Swinderton and Turner, folks that are great organizations, they do things really responsibly. If you're an individual doing a single family home, typically tear down in a city, or you're a small developer doing that small development project I mentioned, the, the big guys, the big general contractors, they don't do those projects, period. Your only option are mom and pop local GCs. And some are excellent and and some are, are not so good which frankly is why the industry has a poor reputation for doing things on time on schedule high quality we're focused on that market the single-family homes the smaller multi-family homes we think we have a, a solution for folks doing that that makes it faster less costly high quality like all three that's our focus so yeah, tell me a little bit about your background in the industry and how long you've been in modular construction and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so how did I get here? My first love growing up was architecture. I wanted to be an architect. I had blocks and Legos and books on Frank Lloyd Wright as a kid. And when I got older and got to college, I got involved in technology. I co-founded a company with some other folks that developed a couple products that we sold to Apple and then Apple bought the company, but I was still interested in design. So I did a summer program and I learned there that I really had neither the talent nor temperament to be an architect. Just I, I felt like I'd be a bad architect. But I learned about developers, actually Jim Rouse, who helped me to appreciate that if you actually care about the quality of the built environment, developers are more important than architects. I spent a career in tech and then 
kind of in the early 2000s after I had brought a CEO into a company I'd started and, and, and took some time off and did some nonprofit work. I started thinking about real estate and my thesis for a business came very quickly. I concluded that there was a large and growing number of people who, like me, really value design, health, and sustainability. So I said, all right, we're going to start a company to focus on that market. And the formula was simple. Let's get great world-class architects. Let's not screw up the great design work they do. Let's integrate a lead platinum level, extremely comprehensive environmental program and let's use factory production to make what we make more efficiently. So that was the plan. We started living homes, sadly, a year and change before the worst real estate downturn since the Great Depression, 2006. We got through it, and frankly, the one and only advantage of starting then, we clearly were not aware there would be the downturn, was that, so I came from technology. I didn't want to have our own factories. Apple iPhones were made by Flextronics. So we were going to outsource, and during the downturn, the factories to whom we outsourced, they weren't busy, so they took our projects. It was always very difficult, read, not profitable to work with those guys, for either of us, painful, but we got through it. Post-downturn, we got very busy, they got very busy, and that just became unsustainable. And we realized, like three years ago, that if a factory existed set up not to do standard, low-quality, non-sustainable homes, that's sort of the existing guys, but rather custom, high-quality, sustainable work, if that factory existed, not only would it solve our needs, but more importantly, it could potentially solve the needs, if done right, for tens of thousands of people who are building custom homes, small developers, in urban areas. So that's that's why we launched Plant Prefab, and now Living Homes is just a design studio for Plant. Is there still a stigma around modular homes? You know, it's funny, I don't hear about it from consumers. I think it's a bit more of a press issue, but I'm sure those people exist, but kind of self-correcting problem, they wouldn't contact us. I will say this, I'm not a, a student of home building industry history, but I believe it's true that there has been an unprecedented increase in land costs, labor costs, material costs, even permitting fee costs in this country, and oh by the way, a mass exodus of labor and construction post-downturn. So the industry really more than ever has been looking for ways to gain some advantages and there's nothing you can do on land costs and not as much you can do on materials so it's sort of labor or there are things or there are better ways to build so I think there's a much greater interest in prefab beyond just the lowest cost the mobile homes and the cheap modular homes I think there's an unprecedented interest in this area and as a result we're seeing a lot of press about it and of course, consumers for everything, but particularly for a high-priced item like a home, they do a lot of research online, and so they're finding out more and more, hey, there are people like Plant Prefab that might be a better option in terms of the design and or construction of my home. So we're, we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing lots of people coming to us because of that. And oh, by the way, more and more people are doing their own homes. That's a big trend too. So I think a convergence of factors has people more interested in this area. And when you do research, you find out that, again, people like us, living homes and plant prefab, 
We've been doing some pretty great homes in terms of design, in terms of sustainability, in terms of quality. So if there has been a concern about prefab, people come see what we do and I think that quickly goes away. Is great design something that needs to evolve in modular housing in order for that field to kind of raise itself to the next level? You know, modular isn't just like one thing. Like there are, particularly more in the East Coast and Pacific Northwest, thousands of modular homes produced each year. They don't tend to be the highest quality, at least vis-a-vis -vis some of the site guys. They're certainly among the lower cost options, but that's happening. I think what's kind of new here is that segments that hitherto hadn't had modular solutions, so the multifamily guys that are doing not the worker camps, but um, nice hotels and nice apartments and condos. Those folks are getting the solution. Their companies set up to really address that market. Folks doing single family homes, custom projects, and the smaller developer projects. People like us are offering solutions. So I think what we're seeing is modular solutions in addressing more areas than they have in the past. And then it's not just modular, right? They're new startup companies like Katera that are creating building components, right? So the production home builders have always been doing a level of prefab, trusses and windows and doors. They're prefabricated components, but now we're seeing a much greater number of components, panels used on a much greater scale with companies that are raising a lot of money to do that more efficiently. Is the modular approach important in making our homes more sustainable or, or meeting that need for higher energy efficiency? Really two, two different questions. Do you have to include sustainability in your homes and does modular make that any easier? So let's start with, do you have to include sustainability? Well, fortunately for those of us who care about climate change, more and more municipalities are mandating that you build in a more responsible way. In California, we have CalGreen that requires a certain level of environmental program in the homes you do, and more and more consumers care about it. But is it nationwide? Is it mass market yet? I don't think so, sad to say, but I think it's growing, and I think that trend will only continue, particularly as climate change becomes more and more of a problem. So that's on the sustainability side. In terms of does modular production make it any easier? And modular production can make the construction process easier, so by virtue of that fact, yes. But if you don't specify, for example, energy efficient lighting, HVAC, appliances, you don't go above and beyond what's required for insulation, you don't have low flow water fixtures, you don't responsibly source your materials, there's nothing special about the modular program that will make it any more sustainability, with re except for waste. In general, I think it's fair to say a modular factory will do less waste than site-built guys, if only because it's a central facility and many of us store and reuse our materials. But at the end of the day, the greatest impact on your sustainability program will be defined by your architect and the decisions he or she makes that's not totally true, sorry. Partly by the architect and then partly by the company that you're working with, either as a general contractor or prefabricator, because by weight, we specify, we at Plant Prefab, much more of the materials than the architects do, right? The architects will specify finish fixtures, things like that, but like 
framing, insulation, the specifics, drywall paint. We actually specify what we use. And for example, with what we're doing, our drywall contains recycled content. Our insulation has among the highest program of recycled content that we can find. Our paints and stains are low VOCs. Like, that's not optional. That's just part of our spec, because building in a responsible way is core DNA for us. There seems to be a new breed of kind of premium prefab housing out there. Why do you think that companies see value in that space? Well, because at least in the custom domain, so I can't talk about premium production builders. I can only talk about like the folks focused on custom projects, which is mostly what you see in cities and higher labor rate areas, mountain communities. Again, your option are local GCs. And so there are many who are excellent, and there are many who are not excellent. And so we believe the market deserves a better solution. Design matters, and I think one meta trend that's happened over the last, I think, couple decades is that design has impacted almost every industry. You'd be hard-pressed to find a category that hasn't been pretty radically rethought in the last decade or two in terms of, again, form and functionality. And so for decades, there were basically five types of homes, Mediterranean, ranch, colonial, faux Tudor. And now people are saying that may meet my needs, but I'm interested in a greater range of design solutions. I have unique lifestyle requirements. I'm definitely interested in greater technology integration, whether it's with my appliances or smart home technologies. And so doing these projects, custom, high quality homes in challenging building environments, challenging by virtue of permitting requirements, labor, availability costs, it's just more and more of a problem. And we think building off-site in a controlled facility with the right kind of staff, maybe with some technology, which we're developing, with some online tools, we can make that process easier. We can make great design, frankly, more accessible, more affordable, less of a pain. Custom home building is often associated with stress. We want to make that more associated, at least through us, with peace of mind. So integrating technology into the process, obviously, is, is another huge trend. And it sounds like you have some things that you're working on. What, how do you think that's going to kind of change and evolve in the next couple of years? So we did a, a financing last year, and Amazon actually participated. Amazon had never invested in a home building company. We came through their Alexa fund, so it's smart home technology that they're focused on. And you'll see us roll out more and more integrated smart home technologies. Certainly they're helping us to get much smarter about what the opportunities are. And I think we're hopefully help them to understand some opportunities for them too. But that's something that's really important. And it's not just, this isn't just for AV control, HVAC control and security. There's a lot of environmental options that can be informed by the right kind of technology. So you'll see that happening with us in the next year. Are there any benefits of the modular approach in making our homes more connected and integrated with technology? None that I'm super aware of. I mean, by having a central facility, by having people who are clear on what they're doing, and, and they're nine to five folks, actually, at, at, with us at six to 2.30. That certainly makes for a more efficient work environment, but I can't immediately think about any, so that makes 
all processes, whether we're talking about framing, electrical, plumbing, insulation, painting, more efficient. Is there anything that's particularly more efficient for the things that get involved in smart home? I can't immediately think of that, but like all the other parts of the trades and processes that involve, I think it benefits from a more systematic production approach that frankly ultimately looks more like manufacturing, like mass customization rather than job shops. You talked a little bit about the, the new investment from Amazon. Do you know what kind of potential they see in this space? Amazon has been very public about their plans for smart home integration. In addition to doing a $100 million fund, and they've invested in lots of really great smart home technology companies. When they acquired Ring, they're making major investments in Alexa as a platform, rolling out more and more great features. So I think they've been pretty public about how important this space is for their business. And, and I think they're just reflecting the fact that finally, consumers have accessible solutions. I mean, they're great and have been for some time, smart home technology solutions, people like Crestron, Lutron, but they've been more expensive, they've been more challenging to integrate, they've required generally consultants to work with, and now because of folks like Ring and Amazon and others, Nest, you know, they're great point solutions, so they don't offer everything for everything, but they all are able to communicate. Alexa's a great platform for doing that. And finally, now many people, not just the more wealthy folks, can now get this kind of functionality. That's awesome. Do you see modular construction as a, a solution for making projects more affordable, especially in the kinds of markets that you're building in? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, let's be clear, like mobile homes are among the cheapest homes you can buy. So it is already providing that solution. Now they're cheap homes because they tend to be made with cheaper materials, cheaper quality. Although I think they're great for what they are. So not our market, right? Can we build what we build more affordable than the site-based guys? Well, frankly, Right now, we're doing that like every day. So we've got a lot of projects in the Bay Area. It's really expensive right now to build in the Bay. Our projects are no question less costly and half the time than what you would pay in the Bay Area. Possibly as much as 20, 25% less. And I'm, when we say that, we don't obviously bid out to site general contractors for projects. That's not what we do. But some of our clients have done both. They've compared here's what a GC solution, here's what, and so that's what we've heard. That doesn't mean that's always the case, but we've heard that anecdotally from some folks. So ultimately, with us at least, whether we're less costly or not, has to do with what are your local rates, labor rates. For us to build a project in Rialto, would it be less? Probably not, because we're using the same labor. Now, we will be integrating some automation in the future in what we're doing. We've got a new kind of panel we're developing. We'll be making it with some level of automation. So we hope to, to actually get non-trivial cost efficiencies that the site guys just can't do, period. So we hope in time to have even better advantages on the cost side. Is that something you can speak more about, kind of the role of automation and how that will grow in, in, in what you do in the next couple of years? 
Well, we'll be developing a new kind of panel that we think will give us some design and transportation and manufacturing efficiency. So right now all we do are modules, and modules are great because they ship really complete. You can leverage off-site labor, so at the same time you're working on the site, you're working on the modules, so that's how you can cheat time. In our case, as I was mentioning earlier, we pay our staff great living wages for Rialto way more than the average wage there. But those same guys an hour west in Los Angeles can earn double that or more, so there can be some labor cost advantages in that. But the downside with modules are they've got a lot of air, and it's expensive to ship air, 10 to $15 per mod per mile. Also, creatively, it's a little more challenging because they're big kind of Lego pieces that make it a little bit more hard to, to solve a bunch of different design problems. And again, we're in the custom business, so we have to care about that. Panels are great because they ship flat, so greater transportation efficiency. Also, creatively, you can do more things with them, right? But the state of the art in the industry are like SIPs, structural insulated panels. So you still have to do electrical, plumbing, cladding, millwork, if it's a kitchen or bath tiles on site. So now you've lost time advantages, cost advantages. So we're going to be offering kind of a hybrid approach for projects where it makes sense. And I'm not saying every project. Sometimes it's, it's fine to just ship mods. And sometimes it will only be able to ship panels because of access. But we think often it'll make sense to do a hybrid. So mods for kitchens, baths, utility cores, and a new kind of panel. So those are areas that are expensive to produce, right? That labor is the most expensive. And then a new kind of panel, we call it a plant panel that integrates infrastructure, so electrical, plumbing, cladding, for areas that don't require as much complexity. So your bedrooms, hallways, living rooms. So with that, you get greater creative flexibility and greater transportation efficiency. So that's one of the things we're working on. What areas of innovation or technology within your company or even within the industry are you most excited about right now? Well, I shared what we're doing, which I'm excited about. We're also working on some great web tools to make the design process a lot easier. There's a lot of stuff happening. I mean, construction tech is getting investment. There are people working on 3D printed homes. I think there's some great applications for that. Not so much for what we do, but maybe some other areas. You've got to figure out the concrete problem because concrete's a nasty material from an environmental standpoint. And a lot of people, at least in the US, don't love living in a concrete home, but I'm sure that'll get worked out. There's some great robotic technology that people are working on. What's the greatest source of inspiration for your work? I love great design. I mean, I love walking through an awesome space. I was a fan of architecture as a kid and, and I remain a big fan and I, I still play with Legos. I love the built environment. What makes you optimistic about the building industry in the years ahead? There is a growing need for housing in this country, which is to say the gap between supply and demand is growing, at least in, in major population areas like, like California and affordability is growing. So costs versus what people can spend, that's a big societal problem. And then if you look at the impact on the environment, buildings as a category use more energy, emit more carbon emissions than all manufacturing as a category and all transportation as a category. So literally, if you look at the energy required to heat, cool, light buildings, 
buildings use more energy, as I said, than either of those two other categories. So we've got to figure out how to do more and more accessible and more responsible housing. There are a bunch of folks, we're certainly part of that, who are, I think, thinking about this more creatively than maybe has happened, certainly in some, some periods in the past. Certainly far more money from an investment standpoint is going in and that often leads to innovation. So I'm optimistic that we'll start to see some, some great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us about this. Thank you for including me, appreciate it. Thanks again for stopping by the Building Forward podcast. Let us know what you think by emailing me at buildingforward at hanleywood.com.